Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, we've got something special for you. We're going to take a a slight departure from our normal interview format. And over the next three episodes, we're going to do a mini series covering the three breakthroughs that we've uncovered after working with dozens and dozens and dozens of, of professional firms that you need to go through to really get to a place where you've got a business that grows itself, that grows on its own, that has a process that drives your growth and drives your client acquisition. And getting through each of these breakthroughs, are, they're really big milestones in the development of a business as we found. Today, I want to focus on the first one, and it's the most important. It's what we call the demand breakthrough. And the way that... that uh, we know that someone needs to have this breakthrough, have that they need to increase demand is they will come to us and they'll say something like, you know, I'm really good when I'm in front of a prospect. Most of the people that come and they have an initial meeting with me, whether you call that an initial consultation or a sales meeting or a needs analysis, a needs analysis, whatever you call it. When you get a prospect to that point, they almost always become a client. In fact, we hear again and again and again that that many people are closing six, seven, eight, nine, you know, almost 10 out of 10 when they get them to that stage. But the next thing that the business owner will tell us is that, you know, I'm just not in front of nearly enough people to hit my goals. And when we ask them about that, they'll tell us, you know, maybe I only see one prospect a week or one a month, or we've even heard one every few months. And they're doing a really great job of holding on to the clients they have, serving them really well. They have happy clients and they're just completely frustrated by the fact that they can't seem to attract enough new potential clients to really hit their income goals, their growth goals. And this is a big problem. It has a, a lot of consequences to it. Um, first is that you end up living on this revenue roller coaster because oftentimes because you don't have consistent flow of new prospects coming to your firm that you have these really big months where maybe you have a little flurry of activity. Maybe you go and give a speech somewhere and you've got a flurry of activity after that and then it dies down. And you, you just go on this up and down roller coaster. So it's very hard to get momentum in the business. It's very hard to predict the future. So you're always kind of on edge. And, you know, it's the, you, you get the, the proverbial 2 a.m. sweats where, you know, you're laying there next to your spouse, staring at the ceiling, wondering where's the next client coming from and not having any good answers for that. And it really impacts your ability to increase your fees over time. Because if you don't have a lot of demand, then when you're in front of that prospect, you're going to be hesitant to put a fee out there that maybe you'd be really, really happy with, but maybe you think is a little bit on the edge, or it's a little bit ahead of market value. You think you're worth it, your clients tell you you're worth it, but you're afraid to stretch that far. And so it keeps your fees compressed. And we've talked with professionals who have been charging the same rate for almost a decade now with no increase. Yet all of your costs are going up, I would imagine. Your staff, if you've got staff, they want to get a raise every year. 
all of your vendors increase their prices. Your rent goes up. Yet you're stuck with this inability to raise your fees primarily out of fear because you don't have enough lead flow coming in. And the demand breakthrough gets you past that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to start by just by talking about why this particular barrier just traps so many professionals. And I really believe it's rooted in a lot of the sales advice that's out there. A lot of the sales advice that you hear is really designed for the business to business sale. And it's, you know, we often in the service business uh, in service industries, we will adopt that because we're selling to other businesses. And we look at, at the way that uh, particularly large corporations sell and the processes that they have. And we think, well, we need some of that. And there are parts of that stuff that's good. But for the most part, the techniques that are designed to get you to the close, to get prospects into sort of your funnel, which we can debate whether that's even a good word to use in professional services. But those tactics tend to work best when you're selling a product and work best when you're selling a commoditized product. When you're selling a service, especially when you're selling the advice that you're giving as a professional, that becomes a real barrier to acquiring good clients because first and foremost, we need to have trust. And a lot of those techniques, while you know they may talk about building trust, often it's done in a manipulative way. And we, we can go down that road and, and start to try and use some of those things. And we quickly find out that for our type businesses, they just don't work very well. Because when you use them, you tend to acquire really bad clients. You tend to acquire the clients who you probably didn't intend to in, in acquire in the first place because you had to cajole them a little bit. You had to pressure them a little bit because that's what the sales book said to do. And what I have found over the last 20 years now in selling very high ticket professional services is that anytime you acquire a client like that, it's typically a nightmare situation for both you and for the client. What you've got to do during the sales process is maintain and increase the trust that you have. And a lot of the sales techniques out there just don't do that. What happens as a result is we tend to sense this as professionals. I mean, we're, we're intelligent people. We're well-educated people. We sense that this stuff isn't working or it isn't quite for us in the way that we need to sell. So we back off of it entirely. And we just sort of sit back and hope that we'll get referrals. If we do a really good job, we'll get referrals. If our clients really love us, they'll remember us and they'll refer us. And while that does happen, I can tell you from my own personal experience and from our experience in working with all of the clients that we've worked with, that it doesn't happen nearly often enough to create a consistent flow of new business and consistent growth. It happens sporadically. And so as a result, you live on this roller coaster up and down constantly with the level of demand that's coming at you. It makes it really difficult to plan business. It makes it difficult to staff uh, over the long haul. And as a result, you end up 
being sort of stuck in this special kind of hell where you can't add staff, you can't get work off your plate. It's really hard to develop business because all of the techniques that you've been taught to use to develop business don't work very well, or they have you running all over town like a madman trying to be seen and network and be available in the hopes that maybe at that chamber meeting next Tuesday, there might be a prospect there that needs your services. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So to get out of that, to achieve what we call the demand breakthrough, you've got to have a shift in your thinking. And when we are beginning to work with one of our clients, one of the things that we've noticed is they, they almost always have a, what we call an event view of getting a client. So what that means is that whenever they get a client, it's a happy event. They do a dance in the hall of the office. They celebrate, they high five. Hey, we got a new client. It happened. When they begin to think about, well, how did that happen? What were the steps that led to that? Often they have a very hard time connecting the dots for where that client came from. And there are really a couple of reasons for that. One, they're not coming consistently enough for you to really put together all of the pieces for why they came. Two, there may not be any correlation because you're not doing any real proactive business development. Or if you are, it's very disjointed. You're trying to do 50 different things instead of mastering one. And so when a client shows up, it's really hard to track back and understand what was the cause of this client getting event. And the, the big shift that has to happen, because that, you know, that event mindset, really, when you have these events of clients showing up and it's not very consistent, it's not repeatable. The shift that you've got to move to is to get to something that's repeatable, what we call the systems mindset. And with the systems mindset, really what we're looking to do is to take the process of getting a client and think it through and break it down into a series of a few steps that we can control. See, we can't control the, hey, I'm going to do a really good job and hope that people will remember us. Hope isn't control. It's hope. What we want to do is we want to create a a series of steps that we can follow again and again and again that are simple, that don't take a lot of time, that don't require us to run all over and be at every networking event in town in the hopes that we will run across a prospect. So we want to break it down into this series of steps. And, uh, And when you are able to do that, you begin to see things a little bit differently. You begin to see opportunities that you maybe didn't see before. And you get this framework that you didn't have before. This set of actions that you can do. See, that's one of the things that paralyzes a lot of the the firm owners that we talk to is they just, they get up on Monday morning and they go, okay, I'm going to work. How am I going to get business this week? And they don't know. And so by shifting to the systems mindset by developing this set of steps and rolling those out and staying consistent with those, you have this really set way of developing business. And it's easy. It it so simplifies 
your world and what you have to do and reduces the number of things you have to do. But getting there, what we found is that getting there is really difficult for people. And so I want to talk about how you can get started building out a system to get clients. And the way that we typically approach this when we're working with a firm is we begin with referrals. Number one, it's the the least risky way to get clients. Number two, it's uh, it's the least expensive way to get clients. Um, and what we find is that you know, there are a lot of ways that you can go and get clients, especially online now with all the different social media sites. Everybody seems to be wrapped up about how they need to be posting on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever to get clients. Well, the, we track this stuff and we know that very, very few clients actually come from those places. And if they do, most often it's not because you posted something because very few people are going to see that. It's because you're paying to advertise there. You're paying LinkedIn to show your message to people. And we're not saying you shouldn't do that. We do some of that ourselves. And we have clients that do that. But what we have found is that if you don't have a system in place right now, that the best place to start is with referrals because it's low risk, because it's low cost, and because it's a very forgiving medium. See, in advertising, they talk about different mediums that where you can get your your ads out there, the media that you use. And maybe it's social media, maybe it's TV, maybe, it, maybe it's radio. Well, referrals, word of mouth is another medium. It's actually a really forgiving medium because it carries with it the trust of the person making the referral. It's not going just cold to that prospect. And because it's carrying that trust, you can have your message to that prospect be a little bit off and it'll still work. Now, if you try and do that with cold advertising, whether it's direct mail or it's online ads or TV or radio, if that message isn't perfectly dialed in, it's going to be ignored because it doesn't come with that added trust. So we start with referrals. But the way that most people do referrals is sort of a let's hope and pray and maybe they'll show up. And every now and then one does. But most people don't put any influence around referrals. And so what they do to be referable is they will show up at meeting after meeting after meeting. They'll get involved in community organizations and in charitable organizations. And all of that stuff is wonderful if you're doing it because you believe in the mission of those organizations. But if you're also doing it because you think you might get business there, it's a really inefficient way to build a pipeline and really create demand for your firm. And so the way to improve your referability is to get a lot more systematic about it. And and to do that, you really need to break it down into a few parts. The first thing that you need to, to get much more systematic with referrals is you need to make it a whole lot easier to get referred. The old way of doing referrals is, you know, you, you have a client, you've had a good meeting with them. You stop them before they leave and you say, hey, you know, Joe, do you know anybody that could use our services? We're always open for referrals and, you know, we get paid in two ways. We get paid by the the fee that, that you give us and by referrals and both are essential. There's all kinds of trite ways that people do this that, uh, uh, to be honest, I mean, as someone who has been on the receiving end of those asks in the past, and and you probably have as well, they always sound a little bit weird and they put your client in a position where they've got to do something really difficult. They've got to 
introduce you to someone that they know, probably somebody valuable to them in their life, if they know them well enough to make the introduction. And the result of that introduction is going to be a sales meeting, which is a high pressure event. Call it an initial consultation, call it coffee, call it lunch, but everybody knows that the purpose of that meeting is for that referred person to become a client of yours. That is a high pressure situation for the person being referred. And it is a high pressure situation for the person referring them in that's putting them in that position. And if you're not getting many referrals now, it's likely because it's too difficult to refer you that that's the only place that a client can send someone if they're going to refer you in. And so you can't build a system around that because it's too difficult for most of your clients to do that on a regular basis and do it in any kind of massive way. And in fact, what you'll find, I'm sure you've experienced this, that if you get up the courage to ask a client, you're probably not willing to ask them again for a long, long time if they've helped you because you feel like, hey, I've, I'm already getting paid by the client. I asked them for a referral and I got one. And so I've already taken some more value out of the relationship above and beyond the fee that I'm getting paid. I need to now build up that bank for a long, long, long time before I ask again. So it becomes very, very difficult to scale referrals the old way. Well, we've, over the last seven years, developed a new approach to generating referrals that works very, very systematically. And it works by really reducing the level of, of seriousness around that first interaction so that there's no risk, there's no threat. It's not a sales meeting. That's not where we start. We get them there eventually, but we don't start there. And the, the, First step in doing that is what we call a referral kit. Now, I've written about the referral kit in, in uh, my book, Unstoppable Referrals. We teach webinars on it all the time. Um, you know, you can go to our website and and find those. We're, we do them weekly, and so um, you know, you can you can get into the details of what a referral kit is and and how to put one together and 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 how to use it. Um, you know, on our site. But just understand that that to really break through and create a lot of demand, the first step is to make referring you a whole lot easier. And the secret to doing that is to have what we call a referral kit, which is really just packaged up information that you might often convey during that initial consultation. Information about the problem that the prospect is facing, the the consequences of that problem that maybe they're aware of, maybe they're not aware of, that are really going to affect them and uh, some information about the, the first step of the solution so that they, they know how to begin to get started to solve this, this problem. Now, the great thing about that is when you put that into this package that we call a referral kit, it allows you now to take what you would normally convey one-on-one in that initial meeting, which has all this risk that comes along with it. It allows you to convey that to an awful lot of people with very little cost of time, energy, or money. Whereas when you meet one-on-one, it's got a high cost in all three of those things. So you can distribute it far and wide. You can give that away with no strings attached. And with our clients, we talk about this concept of having purity of intent, of being on a mission. And I have to tell you, almost every business owner that I've ever talked to is on a mission. 
They are in business to help some certain segment of the population here on the planet achieve something, improve their lives in some way. There are a few that are in it just for the money, but the vast, vast majority are in it because they're on a mission to help somebody. Yet they hide that. And so the second thing that you've got to have to make referrals a lot easier and to start to build out a process, once you've got a referral kit in place that allows you to scale up your impact, the second thing that you've got to have is a way to talk with your clients and the people in your network about this mission that you're on. It's what we call the value conversation. And the value conversation is just a really easy and authentic way to talk with the people in your world about the mission that you're on and enlist them in the mission. So instead of going and asking for a referral, which is all about you and it, and helping your business, you actually go to them and say, you know, I'm really passionate about helping, you know, in our case, it would sound like this. We're really passionate about helping owners of professional service firms who we know get trapped inside the business because it's really difficult to scale a business like that. And they get into it thinking that it's going to provide a great living. And what they find is that they're having to work all the time. And part of the problem with that is that, that they have a hard time attracting clients consistently, which means they can't grow the business consistently. They can't build a staff and a team that frees them so that they can really have the freedom, which is the, the promise of owning a business. It's why we take all the risk. And we're really passionate about helping that specific type of person solve that specific problem. And you know what? We've put together some information that's going to help them. And we want to get it into the hands of as many people as we possibly can. And so Mr. Client, Mr. Referral Partner, who do you know? Who's in your network? Let's sit down. Let's brainstorm together who you know that would really, really benefit from this. And let's send it to them together. It'll be like a gift from the two of us. And they're going to love it when they get it. Because as you can see, it's really valuable. And when you have that kind of conversation, it suddenly changes the entire dynamic. Instead of it being an act of you taking value from the relationship, it's actually you giving value into your relationship with your client, with your referral partner. You're giving them a way now to go out to the people they know and give value. And yes, some of the people who get that referral kit are going to come back and do business with you immediately. You're probably going to get more doing that than the old way of doing referrals because you're going to get exposed to a lot more people. You're also going to get exposed to a lot of people who aren't ready today, but may be ready in the future. And you're going to begin a relationship with them and do it in a way that has a, a high level of trust, but a very low cost to you in terms of time, energy, and money the three things that you can invest. It allows you to show up with what we call purity of intent. In other words, I'm here to help these people and I've created a way to help them whether they ever do business with us or not. And I've done it in a way that scales. I've done it in a way that doesn't require a lot of resources on my part and I can still help them. And I know that the more people I help like this, the more business is going to come to me. And so by breaking the whole process of getting clients, in our case with referrals, down into some discrete parts, you now have the beginnings of a system where you can manage the the things that lead up to getting a client. You can now measure the number of 
value conversations that you have in a given month. And you can measure the number of referrals that result from that. And you can measure the number of initial consultations or sales meetings that come out of those referrals. And finally, you can measure how many clients and how many dollars come in from that. And you know, because each step leads to the next that if you want to increase the end result, all you've got to do is change, improve, or increase the earlier steps. So now it becomes a lot easier. And it's really interesting to watch this with the businesses that we work with. So we'll take someone who is just driving themselves crazy, running ragged on what I used to call the hamster wheel of death, going to, you know, chamber meetings and networking meetings and BNI and and all those things are great. But there is a finite limit to the number of those things you can do. And to be really successful at that model, you've got to be everywhere. In fact, in a lot of firms, you'll find that one person, that's kind of one of the partners, that's their sole focus. And then you got the other partners that are back doing the work, handling the clients, because it takes so much time. And you don't have to do that if you build a system, because you've got a system. And so, yeah, you still need to, to you know create a network, you still need to have relationships, that helps this process, but you don't have to do it nearly as aggressively as you would otherwise. You know, we have some clients that have as few as two of those value conversations a month. They spend maybe, you know, 45 minutes on each one of them. So an hour and a half to two hours total time investment for the month. And they're, they know month in, month out, they're going to generate 40 to 50 new leads. And out of that, they're going to get all the clients that they can handle. And the only reason they don't do more value conversations than that is because they can't handle any more lead flow. And so by making this shift from the event-based model, where you got to be everywhere, hoping that an event that will happen where a client will show up to a systems-based model, you really streamline and focus your efforts. You get to a place where you can really, with great certainty, predict what the next four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, quarter, six months are going to look like in your business. And you're in control. Instead of hoping that you're going to do a really great job and your clients are going to remember you or they're going to maybe you know cross paths with and happen to talk about whatever it is that you do, you're going to get in a position where you're actually initiating the referral process. At, and while you're doing it, you're building a great deal of trust with your clients, you're building a great deal of trust within your network, and you're building a great deal of trust with prospects. And so that's the demand breakthrough. It's really the first critical breakthrough that we see firms, um, you know, they need to make. They need to get through that demand breakthrough first. Now, the next two breakthroughs, I want to talk a little bit about those. We're going to cover those over the next two episodes of the podcast. The next breakthrough is what we call the market leader breakthrough. The market leader breakthrough, which typically happens not long after someone you know gets through this demand ceiling and they break through that. The market leader breakthrough is really all about taking that demand that you've created and leveraging that to become the market leader and to escape all commodity comparisons. And if you don't think that in professional services, 
that you're getting commoditized and you got another thing coming because the commodity pressure is great. I mean, even for professions that we thought could never be commoditized like medicine and law, but um, you know, for all of the others, IT consulting, business consulting, you name it, you are commoditized at this point. And you've got to kind of get yourself out of the pile, become a market leader for your market. And, and that's the next big breakthrough. When you're able to do that combined with the demand breakthrough, you're able to really stretch your fees. You're able to increase your fees far beyond maybe what you ever imagined possible. And, and so that's the next piece. We're going to cover that in the next episode. So be sure you're, you're, you're paying attention for that. And then once you've gotten through that market leader breakthrough, the next level to achieve is what we call the freedom breakthrough. And this is where as the firm owner, you're actually able to back out of the business development and build a growth team around you who is, is doing this. And you've got to get to a certain size firm. And, um, you know, some, some people decide they don't ever want to get there. You don't have to get huge though, because it's really easy to build this growth team, but you've got to build it around systems. And if you don't have systems in place to grow the firm, to attract clients, you're never going to be able to get anyone else to go and, and create new business for you, which means every time you go on vacation, all growth stops. It means that every time you're out for something that you'd like to do other than work, all growth stops. And so that's where we're headed here. I hope this has been really um, helpful for you and I hope it sparked some new thinking. Um, I'd love for you to leave a comment on the blog uh, about what you think about uh, this approach and, um, and, and email us with questions. Um, we'd love to hear the questions that you have about anything that we've covered today. And uh, we read all those emails and, uh, and, and we'll answer uh, those questions in a, a future episode. Thanks everybody. Take care.